Hey, welcome to episode three of Stories to Change Your Culture. Um, just a few things real quick to uh, start this episode. Something I found really cool that happened the other day. Our freshman basketball season just came to an end the other day, and uh, I ran into one of the freshman players walking down the hallway, and I said, does it feel nice to be able to go home after school now? He said, uh, no, not really, but I'm not going home after school anyway today. And I asked him why not, and his response was, uh, the sixth grade coach asked me to come by and, and talk to his players and teach them what discipline and what hard work is like and just talk to them a little bit. And I said, oh, yeah, that's awesome. I said, he's one of the hardest workers on the team. I told him that uh, there's nobody that, that could give them better talking to than him and nobody that they could look up to bet that was a better example and role model than he was. And he thanked me, and we started heading our own ways down the hall. And then he turned around and stopped me again real quick. And he asked me, he said, what's that story you told me uh, told us of the uh, Navy SEALs uh, earlier in the season? And I asked him which one, because there are a few different ones. He's like, uh, the one where you think your body's done, but you got more left in you, more left in the tank. And I said, oh, the 40% rule. He's like, yes, the 40% rule. That's what I'm going to tell him first. And then he just turned around and started walking towards him. And I thought that was awesome that, you know, I passed down a story to him who is now passing the story to other players in the program that, you know, I might see later down the road. Uh, I might, if I continue coaching the freshman basketball team, you know, that, that team will eventually be my team. And, and if they're already getting that stuff instilled in them by the people that I instilled it in, that's just, that's exactly what you want to happen, you know. You want that trickle-down effect like that. And I, I don't think there's any better way that that can happen than, than to, like I've always said, share stories. Um, so that was a really cool, encouraging thing. You know, you, you, you catch yourself being encouraged by those kind of things quite often. And you just see the impact that it has on your players or your employees or your students. And it really makes it worthwhile and, and makes you enjoy doing it even more. So today's story is about the creation of the Arabian horse. If you don't know what an Arabian horse is, uh, it's a breed of horse that has origins in the Arabian Peninsula. Um, it's one of the oldest breeds of horses there are, and uh, it's very known for uh, discipline of endurance riding, and uh, they compete in a lot of sports as well. I guess maybe polo or, or any of those sports like that. I think they also are used for horse racing. I honestly don't know a whole lot about horses or breeds of horses, but I do know I have heard of the Arabian horse. Uh, I've heard of that breed because it's that prominent and it's that that special of a breed. And there's also a special story that goes along with how the Arabian horse originated or was created. Uh, the story deals with Muhammad. He was a prominent uh, religious leader and he was the creator of Islam and he was also a political leader um, in Arabia and he wanted all of his men to go out and find the best horse they could and he gave them a certain time limit to where they could find the best horse they could and they had to bring it to him and he was going to decide which horse it was that he wanted to be his horse and so all these men, hundreds of men, went out searching for the perfect horse. And after a certain amount of time, they came back and they all brought their horse that every single one of them thought was the horse that he was going to choose. You know, the best horse, the greatest horse. 
and they didn't know really what Muhammad was going to do to choose, but they all had that idea that their horse was going to be the best horse. So Muhammad builds this fenced-in area, and this fenced-in area is right next to a hillside, and he puts all these horses in this fenced-in area, and on the other side of the hillside is this great, huge lake full of water, and he keeps these horses in this fenced-in area for a few days without feeding them, without giving them water, and what do you think happens to animals or if you've ever experienced maybe a dog or something that doesn't get food or water for a while, they start to go a little nuts, you know? And this is what he was trying to do. He was trying to break them pretty Well, you could tell these horses were starting to get anxious, and they were starting to get a little angry and frustrated that they didn't have any food or water. And every day, Muhammad would come out into this field, into this fenced-in area, and he'd blow this whistle. And all the horses, you know, these are the best of the best horses. And they would all line up in a straight line, single file line, straight across. And he would just blow the whistle. They'd line up there, and that's what they knew what to do. When they heard that whistle, they would line up in that line. Well, eventually, the temper started flaring. The horses started fighting with each other, and they were really starting to get, I mean, it was like five days at this point where they were really starting to get angry and frustrated and and really acting up bad but when he'd blow that whistle these are again the best of the best horses so they would all line up again every day no matter how tempting it was to act out or whatever they're still the best disciplined horses so they would line up in that line when he blew the whistle every day well finally after about five days he decides to open the gates of the fence And these horses were smelling this water right across the hillside this whole time. They knew the water was on the other side of the hill, which made it even more dramatic and and more tempting for them to act up. And, And when they smelt this water and the gates were open, where do you think all those horses went directly to? Straight to that lake, right? Right to that water. They started climbing that hill, going to that water. Well, Muhammad was standing in the fenced in area still. And he waited till they got about halfway up the hill. And what do you think he did? He blew his whistle. And there was only one horse that turned around, stopped heading to the water, and went straight back to where he was supposed to be and got straight in his spot in line and stood there until Muhammad released him. All the other horses kept going to the water. And that is how Muhammad found his horse. That was the creation of the Arabian horse. And all these horses, this breed of horses is known for their discipline. Well, it all originated from that one horse that had more discipline than anybody else. He did what he was supposed to do, the way he was supposed to do it, exactly when it was supposed to be done, which is exactly what we talk about every single day on our team. We have a mantra we say every day, a call out. I say a word, they respond in a certain way. Well, the the number sixth one is this exact thing. I say discipline, they respond with doing what I'm supposed to do, when I'm supposed to do it, how it's supposed to be done, which we kind of got, we kind of adapted from uh, the Navy SEALs. They, They say that all the time, but that's exactly what this horse did. He did what he was supposed to do, when he was supposed to do it, how it was supposed to be done. And, and I, when I told the team this story, they knew. They knew that that was the meaning behind it because we say it every day anyway. They already knew their definition. Everybody has the same definition of discipline on our team, doing what I'm supposed to do, when I'm supposed to do it, how it's supposed to be done. If you ask any single one of them, what is discipline? That's what they'll tell you. And that's what this horse did. And he showed his discipline 
in the exact way that Muhammad wanted. And that's what created his, his star horse, his stellar horse, you know, and that's what created this whole breed. And that's where it originated with this one horse that did what he was supposed to do when he was supposed to do it, how it's supposed to be done. So whenever you ask your team, what does this mean to you? Or when you ask your employees, what does this mean to you? When you ask your students, what does this mean to you? Well, they can tell you, be disciplined, do what you're supposed to do, do it when you're supposed to do it, do it how it's supposed to be done. I mean, there's really no more to it than that. That's discipline right there in a nutshell. Okay. So when you tell them, be disciplined, you need to be more disciplined. You know, you hear coaches say that to their players all the time. You need to be more disciplined. Well, what is that player? What is that telling that player? Does that player know anything about discipline? Probably not, especially at the high school level, junior high level, whatever it is. Heck, do your employees that are in their middle-aged ages, do they know what discipline really is? Do they have a set, structured um, definition of what discipline is? Does everybody have the same exact set, structured description of discipline? If they don't, then you need to fix that, and you need to have that mantra, that call-out, discipline, and then they say exactly what it is. You know, how do you get that message across in a different way than just having them say that even? Tell them a story. Tell them a story that sticks with them. You know, it's stuck with these guys. They talk about it all the time. They loved that story. And it's one of my favorites too. And I think it's very impactful. And it's just nature. It's just instincts of an animal, you know, which is what humans really are. We're just animals, you know, so we have our own instincts, our own nature too. How many humans do you think, if they, if you put a crowd of humans in a fenced-in area and didn't give them food or water for that long, how many of them do you think would turn around whenever that whistle blew? Not very dang many of them, but I guarantee you the most disciplined of them would, you know. I guarantee you people like Kobe Bryant would have turned around. You know, people like that. Tom Brady, I bet he would have turned around and he would have lined up where he was supposed to line up. Because they're disciplined. And not only are they disciplined, they're able to handle coaching. They're able to be disciplined. And they're able to accept it. And they're able to know that there's a reason behind it. There's a meaning behind being disciplined like that. And I think that's very important as well. Um, Why are there rules, you know, to create structure? So chaos doesn't ensue. That's why there's rules. That's why we discipline people. We tell them what they're supposed to do. We tell them when they're supposed to do it. We tell them how it's supposed to be done. And if you don't hold them to that standard, then there's confusion and there is chaos. And then you can't get on them for not being disciplined because they don't know what they're supposed to do. They don't know when they're supposed to do it. They don't know how it's supposed to be done. So all the different parts of it. Doing what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, that's the rule, you know. And you can create a list of rules, read them off. But how much is that really going to accomplish? How many people really follow rules? If that was the case, when we write down a law, nobody in the world would ever do anything wrong. They would do exactly what they're supposed to do with those laws. Well, they weren't taught in an impactful way how to make sure that that's the case. So doing what I'm supposed to do, that's the rules. When I'm supposed to do it. You know, if there's kind of a gray area as to, well, it's okay to get by with it now, but whenever we're in this situation you need to make sure you do it, you know, or whenever I'm having a bad day as a coach or teacher, then I'm going to enforce the rules a little bit more strictly than I would on a day where I'm a little more relaxed. Well, then they don't know when they're supposed to do it. They have no idea when they're supposed to do it. 
how it's supposed to be done. Well, how do you show them how it's supposed to be done? It starts with you. It always starts with you. You know, if you're not setting an example, if you're not showing them the way, then they're not going to follow. And when you teach a leader discipline and that leader goes through following you and learns how to follow first, then they will know how to lead because they followed a good leader. And then they will be able to lead in a good way, a positive way. And then they will make sure that those other people know what they're supposed to do, when they're supposed to do it, how it's supposed to be done. So it all, it trickles down again. You know, I didn't tell, I didn't tell my player from the freshman team to, to go talk to the sixth grade. Yeah, the sixth grade coach asked him to go do it, but I bet he would be willing to do it even if he wasn't asked. He, he, I saw him get on younger kids that were shooting around whenever I was telling these stories during practice on the side goals in the gym. He would literally tell these kids that were like maybe fourth graders or something. He would say, hey, stop dribbling that basketball. We're listening to a story. That's great. That's awesome. That's what you want. you know. And then he goes in and the trickle-down effect, he learned how to lead. And now he can show these other younger kids that will eventually be in the same program or already are in the program but will be at the next level of the program. They'll already have a little bit of that instilled in them. Because you instilled it in your guys first. Or girls. Alright, that's about it for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed this story. I hope you enjoyed my interpretation of the story. Again, it starts with you implementing the story. And then you have to show a good example. Set a good example first. Alright, guys. I'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening.